I myself am a mood reader. If I am not in the mood to read something, my brain will not comprehend the words on a page. It's all about blood. The blood spill between the Republic of Marine and the armies of the Blood Empire long ago. The blood gifts of Marine's deadliest enemies. Akenna doesn't want anything to do with that. She just wants to drink. She's also dealing with the death of her grandfather, so this is how she is choosing to deal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Such a Fun Read, a podcast where we come together to read a book and chat about it, like a book club. I am your resident reader, Cherie Lampley, and I'm very excited to be here with you today. And I'm also very excited to get into this week's book. But I have a question for you guys before we get into it. Do you guys consider yourselves a mood reader or are you able to read just anything at any time? I myself am a mood reader. If I am not in the mood to read something, my brain will not comprehend the words on a page. One of the books I want to read for this podcast is Beach Read by Emily Henry. I've heard great things about her books, but the problem is I'm not in the mood for it. I know I said that I like reading cute fun reads during the summertime. Well, this summer seems to be a bit different. Maybe I'll end up getting back to that. But right now, we have a science fiction fantasy book to discuss. And yes, it was fun. Now, I don't really have much housekeeping this week. I'm just excited to get into this week's read. But before we get into the book, don't forget to leave us a review. Reviews are very helpful. You can leave them on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'd really appreciate that. Now, onto this week's read. The book chosen for this episode is The Blood Trials by N.E. Davenport or Nia Davenport. It is an adult novel with a blend of science fiction and fantasy, which I just love. This book is a duology and I gotta ask why. Why are there only going to be two books? Is it too much ask for three? Make it a trilogy? Or five or seven? Maybe I'm asking too much, but the world building feels like this world needs more than two books. A little bit about the author. She attended USC and she also teaches English and biology. I'm going to link an episode from the Just Keep Writing podcast. She was interviewed on it and I did like that episode. That episode will be linked in the show notes. Please read this book if you haven't. I'd say this is probably my favorite book I've read so far this year. I haven't read as much as I have wanted to do this year, which is part of the reason why I started this podcast to begin with, just helping myself read more. If you are a fan of The Hunger Games or Divergent, let me throw Red Rising in there as well. It is one of my favorite series after all. If you are a fan of any of these books, pick this one up too. If you have read this book, I definitely want to know your thoughts on it. Let me know on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. The handle is such a fun read. You can also email me at hello at suchafunread.com. But right now, let's just get into it. And we'll start with the book summary. It's all about blood. The blood spill between the Republic of Marine and the armies of the Blood Empire long ago. The blood gifts of Marine's deadliest enemies. 
the blood that runs through the elite warehouses of Marine, the rulers of the tribunal dedicated to keeping the Republic alive. The blood of the former Legatus commander Vern Amari murdered. For his granddaughter Akina, the only thing steady in her life was the man who had saved Marine, the man who had trained her not just in martial skills, but in harnessing the blood gift that coursed through her, who trained her to keep that a secret. But now there are too many secrets, and with her grandfather assassinated, Akena notes two things. That only someone on the tribunal could have ordered his death, and that only the Praetorian Guard could have carried out the order. Bent on revenge as much as on discovering the truth, Akena pledges herself to the Praetorian Trials, a brutal initiation that only a quarter of the aspirants survive. She subjects herself to the racism directed against her half Kanaian heritage and the misogyny of a society that cherishes progeny over prodigy, all while hiding a power that, if found out, would subject her to execution or worse. Akena is willing to risk it all because she needs to find out who murdered her grandfather, and then she needs to kill them. Marine has been at peace for a long time. Akena joining the Praetorians is about to change all that. Magic and technology converge in this first part of a stunning debut duology where loyalty to oneself and one's blood is more important than anything. So that is a summary on the book jacket of my copy of this book. If you haven't read this book yet, go ahead and put this episode on pause and pick it up. It's okay. I'll be here when you're ready to talk about it. For the rest of us, let's talk about it. And as I mentioned before, there will be spoilers. Okay, we'll start with the list of characters like we always do. One thing I know I will need to do for future episodes is take notes on character names and who they are while I'm reading. This going back to figure out who everyone is just isn't ideal, and I do not recommend it. I'll just mention a few characters here. So we have our main character, Akina Amari. Her grandfather, Vern Amari, her best friends, Selene Rissian and Zane. I went back and tried to look to see if I could find Zane's last name, but I couldn't find it. If you guys are able to find it, please let me know. We have some of the Republic's leaders, the Legatus commander, Hamus Rossi, Vern Amari's friend and tribunal council spymaster, Rudyard Brock, Selene's father, Sutton Rissian and Zafir Khan. Other Praetorian aspirants, Cayman Rossi, top cadet in their graduate class, and also Hamus Rossi's son, Grayson Hunt, Cayman's friend, Corbin Enzo, the one who's in love with Celine, Dex, his sister Bex, Torin. We have their lead instructors during the trial, Darius Reed and Chance, and we have other instructors, Danica and Nero. We also meet King Mustaf, the Grand Monarch of Kanai, Queen Akasha, Enoch, the Crown Prince, and Princess Nisha. So in the first chapter, we get to see the type of person Akena is. She's hanging out with her friends who have decided to put in their bid to become a Praetorian. Praetorians are the most fearsome and respected soldiers of the Republic. Akena doesn't want anything to do with that. She just wants to drink. She's also dealing with the death of her grandfather, so this is how she is choosing to deal. She also ends up getting into a little old bar fight, which, that guy, 
I don't condone violence, but he should have kept his mouth shut. I mean, he found out. He shouldn't have been talking smack about the death of her grandfather. And of course, this guy was one of those. The people that think, you're this skin color and also a woman, so of course you're beneath me. Of course you couldn't beat me in a fight. Not even possible. Well, he found out. During this chapter, we also end up meeting Darius Reed and Chance, as well as Rudyard Brock, when he tells Akenna he believes that her grandfather was murdered and Reed might have something to do with it. I'm going to start calling Darius Reed just Reed, since that is what he is called throughout the majority of the book, FYI. This is when Akenna decides she might just need to care about becoming a Praetorian after all. It could at least allow for her to get revenge on the people that killed her grandfather. It was said that Vern died of a malfunctioning biochip, which resulted in a heart attack, and heart attacks are rather rare for Praetorians. Let's get into some quick world building in this story. I think that is definitely going to be helpful. So we are in the Republic of Marine. There is a map in the beginning of the book. I love when there are maps in sci-fi fantasy novels. They are rather helpful, and I wish all sci-fi fantasy novels had them. There are two continents. The Republic of Marine is on the minor continent next to the Ice Waste, the Free Microstates, the Kingdom of Kanai, the Federation of Life, and the Southern Isles. There is also the principal continent, which has the empire of Akatia. Akasia? I read this novel. I did listen to some of the audiobook, but I mostly read the physical copy. So if I am getting any names wrong, I apologize. But anyway, the principal continent is where the Blood Emperor is. So the Blood Emperor is Pantheon Blessed, meaning he is blood gifted, pretty much having magical gifts. He seems to want to conquer all the lands, not just have the principal continent under him, but the minor continent as well. So the men of the first Praetorian cohorts were warriors, exceptional fighters, and strategists that weren't Pantheon blessed. These cohorts were formed to fight for Marine. Other cohorts were formed as well to fight against the Blood Emperor. And the original Praetorian cohorts were Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, and Epsilon. There is now a peace treaty that Vern Amari forced the Blood Emperor to sign during the war. Vern Amari fought the Blood Emperor one-on-one and somehow won. Um... I know Vern is considered to be a great fighter, but there is something else here. Hopefully, we find out in book two. Now, Vern Amari had Kanaian blood, and the people of Marine view Kanaians as beneath them. So to have Vern, someone with Kanaian blood, be the 44th Legatus commander and also the hero of the war, we are sure that didn't sit right with a bunch of people. Also, Vern wanted changes that happened in Marine. He wanted more equality. Definitely not something that sat well with some people. And Akenna hates the Blood Emperor. He is responsible for her mother's death after all. Makes sense. There's something else too. Akenna is also Pantheon blessed. She's blood gifted. We see her use it throughout this book. Earlier on, she was able to mix her blood with another's and Akina was able to make people do things when she did that. So pretty much control them. She was also able to make them forget things. We find out that she's able to do this when Cayman decides to try to take her out. The first time at least. Being a blood gifted person in Marine is not ideal. 
especially since you can be executed if you're found out. So what about Akena's mother? Vern actually gave himself a daughter. Akena's mother was genetically manipulated and a surrogate was used. Akena's mother, however, did things the old-fashioned way for Akena. There also isn't much mention of Akena's father. She doesn't know who he is. I have my thoughts, but I'll leave my theories to the end. Oh, and I wanted to mention that Vern was the head of a cohort, the Gamma Cohort. And also Reed is currently in that cohort, which would have made it easy for him to get close to Vern and assassinate him. Other members of that cohort are Danica, who I mentioned before, and also Haynes. So Akena has to keep her blood gift a secret, but something happens and then she ends up telling Celine about it. This seemed to be wonderful with them being friends and all, but it also helped put a strain on Akena's friendship with Zane. She didn't tell him and he knew she was hiding something. I did like Zane throughout this story. And before I say any more, people die in this book. Just FYI, there is death. I was saddened a few times. Zane, Dex. I had a feeling about Zane though. In chapter four, I wrote down that either Zane or Enzo were going to die. I was sad over Zane, but I expected it. He was a close friend and I didn't think Celine would die. I say that Dex's death was a bit unexpected. I should have known though when the author introduced his sister Bex that they both wouldn't make it out, but it didn't hurt any less. Oh, and Torn died early on during one of their trial exercises. Barely knew him. Back to Selene. I don't want to believe it. I don't want to believe that Selene was pretty much a spy for her father in regards to Akenna. That Akenna being blood gifted wasn't news to her. That she was relaying information back to her father about Akenna. I don't want to believe it. I liked their friendship. There has to be an explanation. I am glad Bree didn't have anything to do with Vern's death, but the way he acted when he first found out about Akenna and her gifts, I wasn't a fan. I mean, they were intimate and got close, so maybe it was just a shock for him that she didn't tell him. Also, she kind of grilled him about who he was in his past. Not really fair for her to know his story and he not know hers. So with Akenna grilling Reed, we learn that he is half Kanayan, which would explain why Vern Amari took him under his wing and trained him. He doesn't really look Kanayan though, so he has that Marine privilege. But like I said, Reed and Akenna get close. Akenna finally realizes that Reed wasn't one of the ones that killed her grandfather. She didn't realize it though before they were intimate, so that must have been a bit confusing for her. Oh, and remember how I mentioned that Cayman tried to take her out not just once? The other time happened during one of the trials, and of course, they did it on the command of Chance. He's still pissed about her beating up his friend in the bar. And possibly, maybe another reason. Speaking of Cayman, I don't really hate him by the end of the book. He has come around a bit. He did accept her being blood gifted and with his rank, made everyone fall in line. Including Chance. He also admitted that his father wanted her dead and that is why he went along with what Chance asked. Earlier on, we learned that Akenna is ignoring messages she's received from Enoch, the crown prince of Kanai. I was wondering if we were going to get a love triangle. Um, not quite. Now, I'm not one to shy away from a love triangle. They are a trope that I love. I don't care. As long as it works. I'm good. And I know some of you might say that it never works. We just have different opinions on that. 
Anyway, things definitely take a turn in the relationship between Ikenna and Enoch when she tries to kill his father. Let me rewind a bit. Earlier on, there was mention of a soldier always doing what they are told. Well, after Ikenna and her friends pass the trials, well, except for Zane, because R.I.P., they end up going over to Kanai. It's apparently time for Marine to ask for their help. Remember how some of the people of Marine looked down on the Kanaians? Well, apparently not enough to ask for their help in the war. I guess they're probably okay with the Kanaians being killed off for them because reasons. Anyway, Akena sees Enoch and his family. This seems to be the first time she has spoken to them since her grandfather's death. Her grandfather and the king were very close. And Vern was the reason why the Kanaians helped out Marine against the Blood Emperor years ago. So Enoch and his family are very nice to her. And she remembers what it was like seeing them before and how happy she was. Then she finds out why they're really there and what they ask her to do. They are there to kill King Musaf, Enoch's father. Kill the monarch and make it seem like the Cassians invaded. They want to scare the other Canaans. And with the king out of the way, they'll just have to go along with it because they'll want to get the Akasians back. I'm sorry, what? Marine is here, and all of a sudden, you want the people to believe that the Akasians came in to do the assassination? Coincidence much? That is how much these people think of the Canaans. The kicker, though, is that they want Akena to do it. They end up having a recording of the king agreeing to help the Akasians or whatever. I just... I really wanted Kenneth to go to the king and queen and just talk to them. But she is a soldier and from Marine. In her words, Marine's bigotry is so ingrained, especially among the upper strata of society. There's nothing I can do except deal or leave, which I refuse to do because the Republic is my home. I get it. And she goes off to kill the king, except... He seemed to have sense it would happen and he tricked her. There was a blood-gifted shapeshifter in his place. A Johnny, who is a member of the Red Order. He serves the Blood Emperor and is one of the most powerful blood-gifted outside of the Emperor. And he also doesn't allow for Akena to be killed because she is blood-gifted. This does not sit well with Enoch. Again, love triangle. Not happening. At least not with him involved. At least Akena does get revenge on the men that killed her grandfather, Hamas Rossi, Zephyr Khan, and Rudyard Brock. All but Selene's father is there, and Selene didn't come with them to Kanai. Again, I don't want to believe her portrayal. There has to be another reason. Has to. I know, I know. Akena learned that the Republic knew about her blood gift, and that is why her grandfather died. The Republic had developed a serum to go up against the blood gifted, and the pendant Selene gave her depleted her gifts. But let me stand over here in my Selene has a perfectly good reason stance, okay? Just for a bit. Then comes Akena telling her friends about her blood gift. Oh wait, nope, she doesn't get to do it herself. Akena made a deal with Ajani. She pledged allegiance to him to get her friends out safe. A blood oath. She was going to tell her friends about her blood gift, but Enoch beat her to it. Oh, and he tried to kill her friends even though he wasn't supposed to do so, which made Akena use her blood gift to control Enoch and the other guards. Kind of like she did with Cayman when he tried to attack her earlier. 
It is then mentioned that only the Blood Emperor can do a wide-scale compulsion like Akena was currently doing. Related? Oh, I have a new theory. We'll get to that later. Now, Akena has to deal with her friends knowing she is blood gifted. Some of them look at her like she is beneath them. Um, some of y'all have been looking at her like that even before, so nothing has changed there. So as Akena and her friends are trying to escape, they're getting attacked. And to help them get out safely, Akena finally accepts the gifts given to her and fully embraces her blood gift. Then, remember how Akena pledged herself to Ajani? Did you think she was going to just go along with him? Of course not. That wouldn't be Akena. She decides to go rogue. Along with her comes Cayman, Grayson, Danica, Haynes, and Reed. There were a few others, but I don't think they were named. So they run off into the sunset and live happily ever after. Just kidding. We'll just have to wait until the sequel to see what happens to them. Okay, I said I had a few theories earlier. Here are some of them. They're mostly about Akena and her relations. I first thought that Akena could be the Blood Emperor's daughter, but what if she is his granddaughter? What if Fern didn't manipulate genes to make Akena's mother? I mean, it seems a bit too easy for Fern to have gone one-on-one with the Blood Emperor and get him to sign a peace treaty. Maybe he signed it for another reason. There is definitely something else there. Also, are we gonna get a love triangle that consists of Reed versus Cayman? Again, I'm cool with love triangles. That would be interesting if so. I know Cayman came around a bit, but he still called her slurs earlier on. And Akena did kill his father. Cayman doesn't know this yet. He just knows his father is dead. Maybe I'm reading too much into things with Cayman. I don't want to think about theories with Selene. Not right now. I just want to sit in my little corner thinking that Selene has a perfectly good reason for all of this. And I haven't forgotten about that blood of Akena made with a Johnny. That is going to come back on her since she decided not to fulfill that pledge. Maybe she and her friends will be on the run from him for a while. I really am ready to read the sequel. Like, I'm ready to read the sequel right now. I believe I saw that it is coming out next spring. Well, that'll do it. Thank you so much for listening to episode three of such a fun read. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode on the blood trials. As I said before, I would love to know your thoughts. You can let me know on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. The handle is such a fun read. You can also email me at hello at such a fun And don't forget to rate us everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Spotify and Apple podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and I will talk to you guys next week.